The last number of weeks, um, we've heard in the gospel, uh, Jesus talking about the demands of discipleship. And so uh, just each week as I was, I was reading the gospel, I was thinking, oh gosh, not again. Oh, another one. Wow. You know, I mean, so it, it weighs on me as well as maybe it weighs on you, like, you know, just those demands, but it's supposed to. Right? And so hopefully, if the scriptures did make it clear, hopefully my preaching made it clear that, you know, answering the question, what does God want? Everything. Absolutely everything. Everything we are, everything we have, he wants it all. And in the end, that's what he's going to get because we hope, you know, to enjoy blessedness with him for all of eternity. So, but the, but the Lord himself, I, I think, understands that some consolation is also needed. I mean, really, a lot of the gospel is consolation, and there are those moments where he's very exacting. Today, we, we hear a lot of consolation about how God is always searching for his lost sheep, that he's constantly going after those who are lost, those who have turned away. And then he gives this uh, beautiful parable. We, we, we know it here as the prodigal son, but um, in other countries, it's known as the parable of the two brothers. And really, uh, that's what I want to focus on today is the dynamic within each of the brothers' lives and what they're seeking. We all seek freedom, and they were seeking freedom as well. And a lot of our lives, you know, could be seen through that lens, as at least our moral lives, seeking freedom sometimes in the wrong things and in the wrong ways, and then sometimes, you know, finding freedom in the right thing and the right person. Um, the right relationships, et cetera. But we're all seeking freedom. We have this innate desire to be free. And so let's look at the two brothers. Now, the, the first brother, you know, it's pretty obvious, right? He, um, he's seeking freedom in a life doing whatever he wants, you know, following whatever pleasure and satisfying every itch that he can think of. And so he goes to his father and he says, give me the inheritance, which is basically like saying to your father, you know, I wish you were dead because I want half, right? And his father actually gives it to him, which is amazing in itself, right? He knows, the father knows what he's, his son is going to do. He knows his character, right? He, he's raised him. So he gives him his share, and off, off that son goes, hits Vegas pretty hard, and, uh, you know, enjoys everything there is to enjoy, and uh, squanders all of all of the money, then there's a famine, right? There's hardship, and so he finds himself literally with the pigs, taking care of pigs, not even being able to eat what they eat. That's how desolate it's become for him. But he was, he was seeking, right? He was seeking freedom from the law, we might say. He didn't want any kind of authority over him. He wanted to, you know, his own authority. He wanted to follow his own authority and his own bliss. And so he followed it without any, without any connection to any sense of morality or law or, or godliness, etc. So he, he thought freedom would exist if I eschew all rules and all laws. Something that uh, obviously, we, we can see in our culture, it's something that probably many of us have lived from time to time. Maybe if I just get rid of all the rules, freedom from religion, freedom from this, freedom, you know, et cetera, maybe then I'll have freedom. Well, we see what happens with, with the younger son, right? And, and what we're being told is, of course, that's not freedom. That 
freedom from law or freedom from morality or freedom from godliness is actually just a type of slavery, right? It brings its own sort of punishment. So the son finally realizes it and he thinks, wait a second. I mean, yeah, there, there were perhaps some things I didn't like about being with my father, obviously, but my father loved me. Even if he treated me like one of his hired hands, it would be better than what I'm experiencing. So he, he gets up and he goes back to his father. And then I think, I think perhaps the most beautiful line that we hear, while he was still a long ways off, his father caught sight of him and came running to him. That all it took was for this younger son who had squandered half of, it, half of the, inher- the inheritance his father had um, and his entire inheritance, that all it took was the son to come back. Even before he could apologize, his father was celebrating his return because he knew He knew what it meant that his son was coming back, that that's all it took was a small step back toward his father couldn't do anything as long as the son had his back to him. But as soon as he turned back to the father and just started to come a little bit, you know, if you will, baby steps, the father comes running and forgives and gives mercy and consolation and celebrates, etc. Now, then we hear about the other son the older son. If the younger son we might characterize as seeking freedom from the law, we might characterize the older brother as one who's seeking freedom in the law, as though the law itself could set one free. And, and we can glean his, uh, his interior, some of his interior uh, thoughts based on what he says to his father. Right, So the party begins, he's upset, he won't go into the party. His brother was gone. And his father says, your, your brother was dead, he's come to life again. We need to celebrate. And, and, the, and the older brother who stayed at home, who followed the rules, who did everything he was told to do, supposedly, clearly had been holding on to resentment about that. Because then he says, you know, you haven't even given me a goat to feast on with my friends. You know, I've been faithful. I've been here the whole time. I did everything I was supposed to do. And you haven't even rewarded me for that. You see, the older son was seeking reward in following the law. He was seeking to gain something by, you know, that adherence to the rules and to, to his fidelity to his father. He, he needed something back. He didn't see the fidelity as in a good in itself. He saw following the law as the good, and therefore he ought to be rewarded. You know, in a sense, this, I think we can see this, or maybe we've experienced this too, where we're, we're, we're trying to do the best we can. We're going to church, you know, we're, we're, we're saying our prayers. We're trying to raise our family, right? We're working on our, our, our marriages and our relationships. We're trying to do what we can, and yet, Sometimes we ask, where is God? Where is my reward for this? You know, why are you not blessing me more? And this sort of sensibility is what the older son has as well. And what he's missing, what he's forgetting, is the reason the father wants him there is not to just follow the rules. He wants him there because of the relationship. Think of it this way. 
you die, you go to heaven or the gates. Let's say you go to the gates and there's Jesus. And he says, all right, well, give me an accounting. I followed all the rules. You followed all the rules. Okay. But did you love me with your heart? Did you truly seek a relationship with me? Do you really know me? You followed the rules, but do you know me? The rules are, are meant for a greater good. They don't exist for salvation itself. Paul goes on and on about that, St. Paul. That there isn't really freedom in the law. There's only freedom in Jesus Christ. And from that relationship, we seek to live a certain way. But the relationship is first. It's not enough to go to the gates and say, I followed all the rules. Okay, well, were you good? Yeah, I kept all the Ten Commandments. All right, fine. But did you become a good person? The Ten Commandments are just the beginning. That's the, you know, make your bed, take out the garbage kind of stuff that we teach the kids. But then you want them to become a fully formed, functioning, hopefully functioning adult who can, you know, enter into relationships and become a good person, become, you know, virtuous and grow in virtue. That's the rest of the story. That's the rest of what we're looking to do. So the, that the law itself doesn't give freedom. In fact, sometimes it creates judgmentalism, a sense of superiority, etc. Both paths, freedom from the law and freedom in the law, can lead us astray if we don't, particularly the second, if we don't put the relationship with Jesus Christ first. That's what he's looking for. He's not looking for you to be perfect here and now. He knows that's a pursuit, growing in virtue, growing in holiness, but it's not going to happen overnight. And largely, holiness is something that God bestows. It's not really something that we can attain. There's a theologian uh, named von Balthasar, and he, he talks about this freedom concept, and he says, everybody is seeking freedom without limit. Everybody desires freedom. It's an innate desire, but in this life, it can't be had, nor can it be acquired by a person who is finite, by a being who is finite. We want infinite freedom, but we are finite. We cannot get it through ourselves. How do we gain infinite freedom? By placing our lives in one who is infinite. By placing our lives in Jesus Christ by seeking to grow that relationship as much as possible. And so as we look at this uh, this week, you know, we reflect on, on this gospel for the week. Number one, we, we must remember how merciful our Lord is, how much he desires us being with him, just being with him first, that relationship, how much joy it gives him, how much love he seeks to bestow on us, no matter what we've done, right? And this is why the, the, the younger son's you know, the, the parable shows how drastic, you know, his actions were, how, how tragic in many ways they were, that even that, the father goes running to him and seeks to celebrate his return. No matter where we've been, no matter what we've done, this is who our God is. He seeks to bestow all of this mercy and love upon us and then calls us into deeper relationship. And so let's reflect this week you know, how can we, how can I grow deeper in my relationship with Jesus Christ? How can I enter more deeply in? 
prayer, ministry, um, helping in the community, whatever it is, some action is required, not mere sentiment, action is required. And so let's try to consider perhaps just one thing we can do this week to increase the quality of that relationship with God. Please stand.